The last thing we are discussing was, Rabbah brought up a question. We have a Mishnah in Masechet Shevi'it that says that all these wood pieces that are used for dye have a din of Shevi'it. On the other hand, we saw wood that does not have a din of Shevi'it. And we wanted to differentiate that wood was meant to be burnt away and there's a two-step uh, process it becomes cold and coal is used for the benefit of baking and therefore there's no din of shivyait but on the other hand all these uh, species uh, used for dyes their benefit comes as they're being destroyed it's just like eating or drinking and the only real difference came to uh, reed leaves and grape leaves that could go either way either you give it to animals or using it for wood so it really depends on what you gathered it for and with that we're going to start off bet amud the first line and at the end of the line which says amarav kahana now we're on the second line in regards to this halakha that wood is meant specifically to be burnt and not and there's no therefore there's no deen of shivit on it is really a mahluk the tanya we don't give fruits of shivit for soaking let's say you want to soak flax to clean it or to do whatever with it or to the laundry and Rebiosi allows it. He allows giving it to soak flax or to, or to for the laundry. Now, my what's Rabbanan's reason to say you know that to use those fruits? The Pasuk says you use those fruits just to eat. You're allowed to use it just to eat and not for soaking, not for laundry. The Pasuk does say to you, meaning for whatever you need it. So now, you guys say it's Asur, but what about Lachem? What do you do with the word Lachem? So the Gemara explains, they'll tell you the word Lachem, meaning you could use it, but for for Ochla purposes, meaning it has to be used in a way like eating, where you're de- destroying it and enjoying it at the same time. Like eating, you're enjoying it and you're getting rid of it at the same time. Same thing, you're allowed to use uh, these uh, fruits of Shavuot only if you're you're enjoying it and you're getting rid of it at the same time. We're coming to exclude cases of soaking or laundry. The benefit only comes after you destroy it. Meaning, you once you put the wine into the flax to, to, to soak, then right, right away the wine gets ruined and it gets destroyed, but you don't get to have that benefit of whatever the flax and the wine do to each other until much later, maybe three, four days later. Now, Verbiosi, he allows it. What do you do with the word Leochla? So, Rebiosi would tell you, the word Leochla is coming to teach me, you're allowed to use it for food, but not as a bandage. So like my asks, asking are you saying it's if to be eaten and not to be used as the bandage, or is it to be eaten and not to be used for laundry? Maybe meaning maybe your dersha is wrong. Maybe it's like hakamim. So the Gemara responds, When the Pasuk said lachem, we already understood that you cannot use it for laundry. Hamanim kayem leochla. Then what I do with the word leochla? So leochla velodum lugma. I mean, you're allowed to eat it, but not use for bandages. 
Now, umara ita lerabota kebusalot seta milugba. So, why would you add, meaning allow the laundry, but say no to the bandage? Meaning, they both have the same deen as achila. You're enjoying it and getting rid of it at the same time. So, the Gemara explains, I'm adding the laundry because everyone does laundry. That's something normal for everyone. That's equal use for everyone. And I'm excluding the bandage, which it's not for everyone. Not everyone is sick. Not everyone needs a bandage. So you see, Hachamim and Rabbi argue if someone wanted to use the fruits of Shiv'it for something where you're going to benefit after you destroy it, like the soaking or like the laundry, is there a din of Kedusha Shiv'it on those fruits? Now, Hachamim hold that fruits are considered Kodesh, and therefore you can't use it for anything. So even if I'm uh, planning to use it for laundry, it's still not allowed, because that's it, it's Asur. And same idea with uh, the wood. You could say, since wood, and meaning the opposite way around, since wood is meant for burning, then even if someone wants to use it as a light, it's still allowed. That's hachamim. They're going with stam all the way, whether you're being lenient or stringent. And Rabbi Yossi will tell you, we're going to go with the person's intent, but the whole time. That we're going to go with it all the way. Meaning, if you pick these fruits for uh, soaking or for laundry, then it all goes by your intent and it's okay. But if you're going to be using the, the wood, for example, in a way where you're benefiting it from it just like eating, where you're destroying it and benefiting at the same time, then it's a problem. And the Gemara asked the question, Keman azla hadetanya, who does the following b'raita go like? The Pasuk says, le'ochla, the fruits that year of the Shemitah is only for eating, not for bandages, le'ochla, le'ziluf, you can't use it to spare around the house for a good smell, le'ochla, asot mimena apiktoizin, you, it, uh, to eat it and you're not going to use it for, I guess, uh, some sort of medicine that makes you throw up, meaning you're not going to use it to throw up. Keman, who's that like? Can see? Rabbi Yossi holds, it has to be a benefit that everyone benefits from, not just sick people. And therefore, this right that fits like Rabbi Yossi, the Iker Rabbanan. Because if you want to say it's like Rabbanan, they hold that the deen of Shemitah fruits is only on things that you're going to benefit while destroying. Ikanami Mishra we could also add the laundry, the soaking. Since we didn't mention over here in that Braita, obviously it's not Rabbanan, it's Rabbi Yossi. He wouldn't mention uh, soaking and the laundry because that everybody does. Next, we learned in the Mishnah that if someone gave a dyer wool to color and he dyed it the wrong color, according to Rabbi Uda, Rabbi Uda Omer, Ima Shevach, Rabbi Uda says the wool belongs to the original owner and the, the dyer only gets whatever is lower, the enhancement or the cost to make it. Now the siman over here for the rabbis is uh, Saban. Yativ Rav Yosef, that's the Samach Ahorer Bi Abba, that's the bet. Rav Yosef sat behind Rabbi Abba. Kamede Rav Huna, they were both in front of Rav Huna, that's the Nun. Yativ Rav Huna Vekaman, Rav Huna said, Halakha Kribi Yosha Ben Korha, Halakha Kribi Yehuda. The Halakha is like both those rabbis, Rabbi Yosha Ben Korha will explain where. And Rav Yehuda in our Mishnah, that the dyer did not acquire it through change. Adrinu Rav Yosef Lapin, Rav Yosef turned his face, he was upset. Amar, he said, look, I understand why we have to say Halakha Kribi Yosha Ben Korha. Salkada Tachamina would have thought, Yahid Verabim Halakha Kirabim, I would have thought, with a single opinion against the majority opinion, we go by the majority, Kamash Malan Halakha Kirabim, the Hidush is, the Halakha is like the single opinion. Beautiful, I get it. 
And which Rabbi Yosha ben Korha, Mahi, what is that case? Betanya. Rabbi Yosha ben Korha Omer, Melveh Bishtar en Ephraim Mehen. If someone is owed money by a goy, a goy owes someone money, and he has a contract, you cannot uh, collect payment within a certain amount of time of their holiday. Why? Because once they uh, pay their debt, they're going to feel so happy, and they're going to go thank their avodah zarah, and it's because of you. You cannot help them go uh, praise their avodah zarah. Milve alpeh nifra'in mehen, shehu kematzil miyadam. Rabbi Yishra ben Korha holds, but if it's a loan that was by heart, meaning that it was not written, it was an IOU sort of thing, you're allowed to go- collect payment even within a couple days of their holiday because it's as if you're saving money. And hachamim are stringent and they say you, you cannot take any money from them before their holiday. Don't do any business with them whatsoever because they're going to go celebrate because of you. And okay, I understand that type of case, Rabbi Yishra, hachamim, halacha, like Rabbi Yishra, even though it's a single opinion, there's a hidush there. But why do you have to tell me the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda? Meaning, it's a machloket stami. It's a machloket between Rabbi Mir and Rabbi Yehuda, and later it's going to be a stam mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda. And we all know machloket stam halachak stam. If you have a place where there's a machloket and the same halacha said somewhere else with no rabbis, and you know the halacha is like that uh, second mishnah, uh, second brayta, because that means they sat down together, they figured out in the end, Rabbi when he set up the mishnayot, he was posek like this mishnah. Machloket The machloket over here between Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda is in our Mishnah where it says Litzvalo Adom Tzvalo Shachot Shachot Tzvalo Adom He told him red, he called it black, black, he called it red Rabbi Meir Omer Noten Demitzimro Rabbi Meir says you're a thief, therefore you just pay him for the wool And Rabbi Yehuda Omer Ima Shevach Natiya Al-Etziya Noten Otetziya Ve'ima Etziya Yitra Al-Shevach Noten Otetziyah And Rabbi Yehuda says it depends what was the enhancement more or the cost to make it more Whatever was less, that's what you give him Vesatam Bebaba Metziya and there's a Stam Mishnah like Rabbi Yehuda in Masechet Ba'am and it says in the sixth Perek, Anyone who changes from what the owner wants to be done, then he has the lower hand. Anyone who goes back on his word, he has the lower hand, meaning he's going to have to pay more or he's going to have to collect less. Okay, so then... If we have a stam mishnah b'avam etziyah, then why do you have to tell us the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda? V'rav Huna, who said the halachas like Rabbi Yehuda, it's terichil tayu. No, you do need to say it because salkatat achamin. I would have thought and said the mishnah. I would have thought you know there's no order to the mishnah yotu stam v'hakach machlokiti, and maybe it's a stam. Maybe the one b'avam etziyah was first, and then there was a machloket, and we don't know the halachas. So I had to step in and say the halachas like that mishnah and b'avam etziyah. The Rav Yosef would tell you, "Ihachi kol machloket v'hakach stama nema en seder la mishnah ustam v'hakach machloketi." If that's the case, in any case where there's a machloket and then a stam, we could always flip it and say, "Oh, maybe it was a stam and then a machloket." Meaning, if we're going to take your word on that, that was the reason you told me halacha like Rabbi Yehuda, then. This concept in halacha where stam where machloket and then there's a stam, we can just throw it out because we'll say there's no order. Ravuna will tell you, Kila, Minan Ensedela Mishnah, Behadama Sechta. Ravuna will tell you, when do we say there's no order to the Mishnah Yot? That's when it's one Masechet. Aval Betrema Sechtot, Amrina, but if there's two Masechtot, like Baba Metziam, Baba will tell you that there's no order in the Mishnah. And that's why I had to say the Halacha is like Rabbi Huda. 
Rav Yosef would tell you also, Kula Nezikin Hadama Sechtai. The entire Nezikin, Bamakama, Mitzi'abatra, is really one big Masechet. Ve'ibaitima, you could also explain the reason Rav Yosef got upset is Mishum Dekatane La Gabe Hilcheta Pesikta. Because that halacha was mentioned by a set halacha. It just says, Anyone who changes or goes back on his word, he always has the lower hand. You see, it's a set halakha. So you don't need to tell me the halakha is like that. It seems like a set halakha that nobody's arguing, so you don't have to come in and tell me that the halakha is like Rabbi Yehuda. Next, Tanura Banana noten ma'ot likah lohitin velakah mensi'orim. Person, Reuven, he's a financier. Him and Shimon are going to get into business together. So Reuven gave Shimon money. You're the messenger. Go buy wheat and we're going to use it for merchandise. We're going to sell the wheat. And, then, and Shimon went and bought barley or opposite. He told him to go buy barley. came back with wheat. Tanya Hadayim Pahatu Pahatu Lo We one by that that says any loss or any revenue goes to the messenger to Shimon. And they have another right that says, if there's a loss, it's on Shimon, the messenger. And if they made money, they're going to split the revenue. So we have two bright uh, contradicting. And Amar Rabbi Yohanan says it's not a contradiction. One's Rabbi Meir and the other one's Rabbi Yehuda. The Braithad that says the Shimon, the messenger, gets everything, that's according to Rabbi Meir. He holds there was a uh, there was a Shinui, there was a change from what the, the financier Reuven told you to do. And therefore, you acquire everything, you're like a thief. And the second Braithad that says that uh, the loss is on the messenger and they split the revenue, that's Rabbi Uda who said uh, that... If you change, you don't acquire. So now, Matki Flar Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar has a question, Rabbi Hanan. Mimai, what makes you say that Rabbi Meir would agree over here that if you told your messenger to buy wheat and you changed, uh, that he's like a thief? Maybe Rabbi Meir holds that when you change, you're considered a thief. That's only when something that's supposed to go to the to the financier's body. Uh, clothing that you changed color, a chair that you made, a bench. Uh, but this horrible when it comes to merchandise, maybe lo amar, maybe Rabbi Meir doesn't hold the shinui kone. El amar, Rabbi Lazar, rather Rabbi Lazar says, have a Rabbi Meir. I think, I th- both of them are Rabbi Meir, there's no contradiction. Kan la'achila, kan l'shora, the b'raita that says that a, a change is considered like a thief and you acquire, every, the, the changer acquires everything, that's when he wants to eat it. So he told him, go buy wheat so we could eat, and he came back with barley. He's particular, he wants wheat, he doesn't want the barley, and therefore he's considered a thief. And the second b'raita, which says they uh, they split the revenue and the loss goes on to the messenger. That's when they're doing it for merchandise. They want business. And he told them to go buy wheat, and he came back with uh, with barley. Or in that type of case, uh, he's not totally a gazlan. And mahachu ala b'marabad Rabbi Yohanan elibad Rabbi Yehuda. In Eretz Israel, they left on Rabbi Yohanan's interpretation according to Rabbi Yehuda, because. You hold there's a there's a shinui no kone and therefore the financier the Reuven who gave the money he acquires it. Well, who told the the owner of the wheat the seller that the financier is getting the merchandise he's getting the wheat? 
how to get from person A to person C. There's a, person A was selling it to the to the messenger. That's all he knows. How did it get to the original person, the financier? How did it get to Reuven? Matki Flarav Shmuel Bar Sasrati. Now Rav Shmuel Bar Sasrati, he has a question on the rabbis Nitzel Ihachi. If that's the case, according to you, then even if Reuven gave Shimon money to go buy wheat, he came back with wheat, what makes you say that Reuven acquired it? Meaning, if the person selling it has to know who he giving it over to, then even in a case where the messenger is doing his job, what makes you say that the financier acquires it? So the Gemara explains, shani hitin vehitin. You have to explain that the case with wheat and wheat is different. He's doing the shlichut. He's and Shimon is as if he's Reuven. They're the same person in this type of case because you're following directions. You should understand. We learned if a person was makdish his assets. He said everything is going to go to the Beit Hamikdash, or he assessed himself. I'm going to pay my worth to the Beit Hamikdash. There's a set amount you have to give, and lo bichsut ishto velo bichsut banav, and then the treasurer of the Beit Hamikdash has to come and figure out and, and take things and take assessment of what uh, the Beit Hamikdash gets, and when he's uh, do, when he's assessing, the treasurer that cannot count. Uh, his the, the man's wife's clothing, the man's children's clothing, or clothing that he gave to the dyer to to color for the wife and children, or for shoes that the shoemaker was making for them, and why not? Why is that? Why are we saying that the treasure doesn't have a right to the clothing or uh, shoes that are made for the wife and children? We're going to say it's as if they were acquired to the wife already, and therefore the husband has no more hand in them. Why? Let's say, who told the dyer? That this is going to the to, to the wife. That this is going to the children. That they acquired it. Right now, the husband gave the money. It should be the husband's. You have to say you have to say that the messenger did the job for the original person. Meaning, he's like his wife's hand. Meaning, when he gave the money to the shoemaker to make her shoes, it's as if she gave the money to, and she acquired the shoes. And saying the same thing with wheat and wheat. And same thing over here, when Reuven told the messenger, go buy wheat, he bought wheat, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And therefore Reuven gets the wheat. And Amar Abiyaba, lo. No, that's not the reason. It's not because the, the messenger's hand is like the person who sent them. Rather, you have to say that when someone is makdish his assets, he's not thinking of his wife and children's uh, th- things. The grand question: Does a person think about his tefillin? We we say that if someone's makdish his assets, they they assess his tefillin part of the, the whole thing. Meaning, even though a person is not thinking about it, they still assess it. Same thing, even if a person is not thinking of his wife's shoes, it still should count. So, Amar Abaye, 
in for sure datoshel adam atefilin. Now, a person when he's matishes his assets, he's thinking of his tefilin also, because hamakdish nechasav savar mitzvah ka'avina. When a person makdish his assets, he's thinking I'm doing a mitzvah. And tefillin is a mitzvah, so obviously it's a mitzvah. Let's do it all together, and I'll, I'll have my tefillin in mind when I'm being makdish my things. But no one's thinking about his wife's clothing, his children's clothing to be makdish them mishum eva because he doesn't want to fight with them. So he's makdish his personal things, not everything he owns. So matkifla Rav Oshaya. Rav Oshaya has a question. Aren't we talking about a set assessment arachin? Where a person says, I'm, I want to I want to pay whatever my worth is. There's a set amount of what his worth is. And we learned in regards to that we do take from them everything that they own. Meaning if a guy doesn't pay by a certain amount of time, uh, the treasurer of the Midrash comes and starts taking. Now, does a person think that when he's my, when he sets the assessment that the Beit HaMikdash treasurer is going to come and start taking things from my house? Meaning the whole idea of assessment has nothing to do with the person's intent was. Rather, when the husband paid the shoemaker for the shoe, it's been acquired for the woman. He became her shaliyah, did the same hand. So again, we're back to Rabbi Abhu's proof. And when the messenger paid the money for the wheat and he got the wheat, then he did exactly what the, what the, his, the person sending him did, and therefore he acquires it. Rather, Rabbi Abba explains... That we have to say that when a person is a makadish, his assets, it's as if he said, Okay, before I'm being makadish, anything that, that my wife and children wear and own and everything is theirs, I'm not being makadish it, and now makadish everything that I own. Next, if someone bought a field or a property in the name of his friend, we don't force him to sell. But if he said on condition, then we do force him to sell. So the Gemara asks the same question we're asking in our head. What's going on over here? How do you explain this right So This is what the Brayta was trying to say. If someone is buying a property from his friend and he's telling him it's for the Resh Kaluta, the chief rabbi or the head of, of the, the, the Jewish people, and I'm doing it for him, I mean, the whole idea is he's trying to strengthen the deal over here to, to show that uh, no one should come and argue about it. Remember, I'm doing this for him. Please make sure this works well. So, en we don't force the Resh Kaluta to sell, meaning to write up a document saying that this land really belongs to this buyer. Now, now if the the buyer told the seller, listen, I, this deal is only going to go through on condition the Resh Kaluta writes a document that it belongs to me, then we force the Resh Kaluta to sell it. Meaning to write uh, a, a document that says this land really belongs to the, the buyer. And Amar Mor. So let's go back to what we just said. If someone buys a field near Reshkaluta, we don't force the Reshkaluta to sell, meaning to write that document. Now, it sounds like that the property gets acquired to the Reshkaluta, even though the Reshkaluta didn't know what was going on over here. 
Salema peliga de bnei malavad. Maybe this argues on the rabbis of Etzel. The Amr who said before vechimi hodi alde bal chitin sheya kene chitin lebalabayit. Who told the seller that the wheat is going to the financier? Same thing over here. Who said? Uh, who told the, the who told the seller that it's going to go to the chief rabbi to the reshkaluta? Because of that question, that's not, not a question. Because you could always say, Could be the buyer told the, the, the owner of the field what he's planning to do, and he told the witnesses what he plans to do. And he's explaining, the only reason I'm doing this, I'm writing Reish Kaluta, so nobody argues with it later. Ela, Ema Sefa. Ela, this is the real question. Look at the end. It says, Alminat, Kofino to Reish Kaluta imkor. If he told if he told the seller, the buyer told the seller on condition that the Rishkalta writes me this document that it's really mine, then we force the Rishkalta to write this up. Now am I why? Let the Rishkalta say, I'm not interested in your honor or your disgrace. Meaning, leave me out of this. Ela Marabaye, rather Abaye explains the Breta totally different. is what the Breta is trying to say. If someone uh, buys a, a property in the name of his friend, and this friend happens to be the Resh Galuta, and this way, if uh, anyone comes and claims it's their land, you can always throw them out, it's the Resh Galuta's land. We don't tell the seller, you have to sell it again. Meaning, we don't force the seller to write up two contracts. But if the buyer told them on condition that you write me two contracts, then then we force the seller to write up a second contract explaining everything. And we will stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam. Amen ve'amen.